The following Truth Barista podcast is a high beam ministry production. Uncertainty doesn't guarantee danger. And uncertainty really unsettles us. It, it, it gives us, for a lot of us, it gives us anxiety, especially if we, if we have anxiety disorders already, if we've experienced a very chaotic life or childhood, and safety, uncertainty, it can overwhelm us. So just to remember that uncertainty doesn't guarantee we'll be in danger. Get creative around this time that we have. It's not ideal, but it does give us some free time on our hands while we're at home, while we're isolating. Paint, we can sketch, we can learn a language, we can take a free online course. We could really just use our time in a way that maybe can bring us some element of enjoyment despite everything else going on. Yeah, that's right. We want to prepare you for the information you are likely going to hear this week, namely that the number of coronavirus cases will increase. But doctors say that alone does not necessarily mean that the virus is spreading. We spoke with Dr. William Schaffner at Vanderbilt University Medical Center, who said this week more people will be tested for the coronavirus, and that means we'll see more positive cases. But that doesn't mean the virus is spreading. The growing number mean that we're just testing more aggressively. They don't mean that the virus necessarily has suddenly started to expand. Also this week, Schaffner says we will get a better grasp of the coronavirus as more people are tested. We'll better define exactly where and how densely the coronavirus is in various parts of the United States. Welcome to the Airzats Coffee Shop. This is Jay, your truth barista, and I'm serving up a steamy cup of God's truth for the average Joe. You can catch me and this podcast on my websites, truthbarista.com, all one word, truthbarista.com, and highbeamministry.com. That's H-I-G-H-B-E-A-M ministry.com, as in car high beam. We're shining the light of God's truth on the road ahead. Ooh, truth, stuff. How are you doing today? Amazing, Larry. What are you saying? Well, I got my mask. Uh, would you would you remove the mask and just talk to well, me? I said, well, I said you need to get those lips fixed. But is it safe? It's I mean, scary, but it's safe. I'm supposed to wear a mask, you know, because we're in a public place, and I'm supposed to wear a mask. Yes, yes, yes. We're supposed to wear a mask, but you're talking with me right now. We yes. both are asymptomatic. Right, and, right, right, yeah, right. Yeah, we're yeah we can do this right here so talk to me now clearly and then you can go back to doing what you need to do well i'm excited why are you excited well i don't have to wear my mask now but not for now for now but we also have some special a special guest yes i know i saw them walk through the door and we're going to also talk about covid19 i really yeah do we want to talk because this whole thing is just driving me crazy well i know that but i think that our guest has something to share that is going to blow us out of the water okay hey hey steve cheryl come on over here how you guys doing oh hi jay we're doing well good good see you need coffee okay amazing larry could i get two cups of coffee and a coffee pot how's that (laughs) oh you're gonna come cream sugar do you destroy your coffee at all or just no you want real coffee okay i'll take a destroyed cup please yes thank you amazing larry yes i'm i'm over shimmeled you guys 
You're looking really dismal today, Jay. I am so struggling with this whole COVID thing because uh. every time I turn on the radio, I hear this and then I hear that, and it seems to contradict it. I look at these numbers and I get these numbers, and I get wear a mask, don't wear a mask, wear goggles, don't wear goggles. I hear you should run five miles or not five miles and take these drugs and not take these drugs. And and it's, and I have people coming in all the time from Big Brain University around the corner and just in the neighborhood. They're coming in here and they're just looking frazzled. And it's just like the toll that this is taking on people. Forget what COVID is doing to bodies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What is it doing mentally to people? I mean, it's driving us to distraction. Yeah. Are you experiencing the same thing? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, okay. I've been doing a lot of praying about it. Of course, I know all of the community is. Mm-hmm. But I've also been doing quite a bit of research on it. And the the levels of depression, anxiety, anger, suicide, Suicide, they are on the rise. Oh, all I saw over that the, the other day. That yeah, is it's, amazing. It's, it's having an amazing, amazing impact. And part of it, I think, is is the the complex issues that are involved here. We've got the illness itself. Mm-hmm. We've got the economic impact of the illness. Plus, we've got a lot of social unrest, some of it having to do with the illness, but some of it other issues as well. So you put those three things together, and they take a, this kind of a, a simmering pot where there's been increases in those four things for quite a number of years, and it just brings it to the boiling point. It's just bubbling over, and they're calling it the most psychologically toxic event of our generation. That is probably the best description of what I'm seeing walk into the shop here. I mean, just on a basic level for me, I've always gone by the maxim, if you're angry, it's usually because you're frustrated over something. Mm -hmm. And this thing has caused so much frustration that you have all these pent-up emotions, and they're just looking. You have to let these things out, or it's going to begin to affect you in all sorts of ways. Mm -hmm. And so I'm thinking, well, it's not causing the riots, but it certainly isn't helping. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) You know, it is. It isn't causing the suicidal thinking and and the depression, but it is definitely contributing. All that is true, but I think it's fear. Isn't fear a big part of that? I mean, I talk to more people that are just fearful. They're not going anywhere, and they're wearing masks while they drive alone in their cars. I mean, it's just amazing how fearful people have become. And one of the things to me, too, is when I see the masks... It's a constant reminder to me. Mm-hmm. That's how it's personally affecting me over and over again. Somebody's wearing a mask. It's like, oh, yeah, we're under a pandemic. Oh, yeah, we got to do this. And now I'm back into the cycle of thinking again. Yeah. And it's even beginning to bug me. There are times when I just have to go out somewhere, out in the country, all by myself, take off the mask and just try to walk around and feel normal. And breathe. And breathe. Just breathe. I don't like wearing masks. So I bought myself a shield, a plastic shield. And it's so amazing when I walk into a store because you know when you first look at me i pr- look like i'm not wearing a mask and boy the looks i get i know it's, it's like really weird oh my gosh he's not wearing a mask oh wait a minute he's got a shield on <laughs> yeah it's almost yeah. like you're walking through town as a leper and people are unclean unclean yeah well they're calling it a, a disaster of uncertainty okay explain that well much of what's contributing to the fear and to the anger is exactly what you're talking about. One group of experts says this. The other group of experts says this. This statistics say we can expect this. These statistics say we can expect that. And they're the opposite of one another. And it's layer after layer after layer after layer of that uncertainty. You know, as humans, we like to be able to figure things out. 
And we like to even think, well, this is a difficult thing. We can wade our way through. But at the end, this is this is where we're going. This is what we're going to get. And with this whole pandemic, we don't have that luxury. You're right. We don't know when this is going to end. I'm hearing more and more people saying, well, this thing is so prevalent now, and it's a coronavirus, like a cold is a coronavirus. Have we ever gotten rid of colds? No. They just keep cycling around Mm -hmm. during the seasons when we're more susceptible to these things. So then the question is, this will never go away. Oh, you want to talk uncertainty? Well, then the question is, well, then how do we deal with it? Well, we don't have vaccines against colds. We have vaccines against flus, but those have to be adjusted every year. So there's another level of uncertainty. Mm -hmm. And now we're on that that uncertainty, drive me to distraction stuff. And we have parts of this country, and certainly in other countries, Israel, for instance, where they were quite successful, actually, in containing the virus. And their statistics, their numbers were looking really, really, really good. Looked like they had really licked it. And? And now this, in Israel in particular, the second wave has hit, and there are thousands and thousands of new cases. I read this morning that three, four, actually, of their largest hospitals are now maxed out. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, as far as their ability to take COVID patients, so they're needing to send them out into central Israel to smaller hospitals. It's turning into a very, very difficult situation, which so adds to the certainty because they thought they licked it. There you go. And so it's uncertain again. And by the way, Larry, Cheryl would know about this stuff. Cheryl, tell Larry how you would know so well about Israel. What's your title? I am the international vice president of an organization called Bridges for Peace, which is headquartered in Jerusalem. And my husband and I I lived there for 10 years, and I usually spend several months a year back there. However, thank you, COVID-19, I haven't (laughs) been able to do that. This year, I was just there for three weeks, February, March, and I haven't been able to go back. So So she would know a thing or two, I'm just saying. I guess she would. In fact, we were going to go to Israel, and that got canceled as well. (laughs) I had two tours I was going to help lead this year, and both got torpedoed at the last minute. So, Okay, so tell me more about this disaster of uncertainty. How are you coping with it? What have you found in your research? Well, I had an amazing experience with my research that I just really have to share with you. Oh, do tell. After reading all of the information, all the statistics from the Institute of Health and those kinds of places, and of course, this psychologically toxic title, I know what people around me in my immediate circle are saying. I know how they're feeling. But nationwide, how are people reacting to this? So I spent some time in Google. I spent some time on Facebook and other social media, just making a list of the most common reactions that I was finding. And you found? I found hatred, depression, fear, anxiety, anger, violence, a feeling of being surrounded by wickedness. Hmm a lack of being able to trust, and a sense that in the reaction to so many things, people are just seeing self-indulgence. It's as though it's caused each person to sort of focus inward and do the, I'm going to stand for me and nobody else kind of a thing. Well, that makes sense to me because... As I've counseled and talked with friends and family and and other members in my congregation, when somebody is in a point of pain, they look for pleasure to neutralize or at least offset the pain. So if there's like frustration, you're looking for an outlet to relieve that pressure. If you've got the pressure in pain, you're looking for something, pleasure to release that. It makes perfect sense. Yeah. And I believe that there is a very strong spiritual element here. This is 
a spiritual battle that we are fighting. And I have a friend from South Africa who used to say, whenever there is a a spiritual negative coming at you, you have to come back in the opposite spirit. So I said, Lord, for each one of these things, what is the opposite spirit? And? And so I went to Google thesaurus, and this is not my concordance, this is just Google, and I Googled for the antonym to hatred. Now, what is an antonym? An antonym is, you know, a synonym. <laughs> we've got we've got synonym roles over <laughs> yeah, here. Yes, right. Synonym <laughs> means the, the, the same. same. Antonym means the opposite. So you're looking for words that are opposite, opposite. of the what you... The opposite spirit of hatred is love. Okay. The opposite spirit of depression is joy. Definitely. Fear and anxiety, peace. Mm-hmm. Anger, Patience. Wait a minute. <laughs> Just a minute. Keep going. Violence, kindness, or gentleness. Wickedness, goodness. Untrustworthiness, faithfulness. Self-indulgence, self-control. I wrote them down and looked at them and said, oh my <laughs> Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, goodness, faithfulness, and self-control. So we are dealing with this toxicity, this poison, and we have the antidote. We already have it inside through the spirit that God has given us. So what you're telling us is that Google helped you find the antidote to the poison of the pandemic through the fruit of of the Spirit, Galatians chapter 5, 22 (laughs) and 23. Yes. (laughs) Okay, so now that you saw that, how did that now kick in to what you're feeling on a negative level? How did those things help it? And I don't know, do we have to get a cup of coffee here first before we get into that, Well, I think if we don't, we're going to have some toxicity (laughs) taking place amongst us, because we really do need some. For there shall not be thy crabbiness. Yes, crabbiness. Okay, let's go grab some coffee. It's really important to actually get the right information from reliable sources and to put it down into a plan, to write it down. It really helps us to see that we're not helpless. It helps put it down on black and white all the steps we are taking to help to prevent us from getting sick, to help to take care of our loved ones. Consume news in a really balanced way. All the facts is what we're looking for, not just the scary headlines that we see. Everything that we hear that scares us, let's have a look at a fact that doesn't, such as the way that things have progressed, the recoveries we've seen. We can kind of challenge our own thoughts that way and how we feel about things so that it's not one-sided. Hello, I am Maurice. I am the host here at the Erzdats Coffee Shop. I greet you and I seat you. And I treat you to an excellent cup, a steamy cup of God's truth for the average Joe. You can find us at truthbarista.com or highbeamministry.com. That's high beams as in car high beams. Highbeamministry.com. I know those coffee beans. Homer, have you seen the coffee beans that I bought for the Truth Barista? I haven't seen them, Larry, but I found the donuts. Hey, Droopy Dog, have you seen them? No, I haven't, Larry. Have you checked the pantry? Oh, thanks, Crazy Louie. Oh, I wanted this to be such a big surprise for the Truth Priesta. Well, it's no wonder I can't find anything. Everything's such a mess back here. Oh, there they are. Oh, good. Finally found them.
So let's get back to that question because I'm really curious. A lot of those things you listed on the negative side, now list those things again quickly that you found. Okay. Okay. The things that I found on the negative side were hatred. Interestingly, people were either feeling this hatred well up within themselves towards someone else, or they were feeling hated by someone else. The whole, I'm angry because I have to wear a mask. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm angry because so many people aren't wearing masks. Oh, yeah. that, That same kind of thing. Depression, fear, anxiety, anger, violence. And that, of course, has more to do with the outward effects, the riots and those kinds of things that aren't directly related to the pandemic, but as you said, influenced by it. And then we have the sense of of wickedness. And again, people on the one hand feeling there's a wicked conspiracy. This is just all a wicked conspiracy. See, I know what that is, especially among Christians. That is the spiritual gift of suspicion. Uh Uh-huh, yes. And it's closely related to a spiritual gift of snark, which I've often (laughs) talked about. Not really, just kidding. Okay. (laughs) Keep going. Anyway, and then untrustworthiness. Just you can't believe anything. You can't believe. Yeah, who can we trust? Yeah, exactly. Who can we trust? And then the other, as we were talking about before, this sense of people are just looking out only for themselves, self-indulgence. And Google helped you find fruit of the Holy Spirit, which were? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, goodness, faithfulness, and self-control. So what's the antidote? Well, I believe the antidote is this. We have somehow succumbed, I believe, in the believing community to a really insidious deception, and that is that it's okay for us to act like everybody else. Ooh, ouch. Excuse me? (laughs) (laughs) It's okay for us to be angry because these are extenuating circumstances, and and we're Christians, and we don't want to be treated this way. And I understand in the leadership community for pastors, it's particularly difficult because they're walking a very, very, very fine line. But somehow we have been deluded into believing that we can get angry just like everybody else. We can be snarky. We can we can shout. We can argue. We can we can fight over these things. And what God, I believe, is saying to the church right now is, we are in the midst of darkness. That's probably going to keep getting darker before it gets lighter. What an opportunity for our light to shine. But it's not going to shine if we're just acting like everybody. Else. The light doesn't shine if it's masked in even greater darkness. Exactly. Oh, exactly. my goodness. I was challenged the other day because I was so mad at, at, say, the liberals that have all these crazy ideas about defunding police and everything. And a pastor came in and said, you know, you're not much different than the world hating people. And I said, really? And he said, we are becoming haters as Christians because we see the immorality and the silliness of some of this liberal thinking. But they're not our enemy. 
you know, we need to love them and forgive them and yes. work with them, you know. And so that fine line, as you spoke about, Cheryl, is, is true. Yeah. And I was really rebuked. I had to repent. And one of the middle struggles I have, too, is Scripture says, be angry, but sin not. Yes. That there is a place for passionate disagreement and for righteous indignation, but there's no room for sin in that. And oh my gosh, for an average Christian, it's so hard to learn that. I'm not even opposed to Christians being being involved in certain types of activism mm-hmm. with with these situations that we're dealing with. But what I want to say is Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 3, it says, Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Now, that wasn't Paul in Ephesians saying, you know, there's going to be a pandemic and you guys, you really got to focus on this because it's going to be tough. That's Paul saying, this is who you are. This is who you are. It doesn't matter if there's a pandemic or there's not a pandemic or if there's riots or there's not riots, if there's uncertainty or not uncertainty. This is who we are. But that doesn't apply when you're on Facebook, right? (laughs) Or on any of the unsocial media? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Uh, yeah, unfortunately. You know, I, I think you're absolutely right. That is that is something we all need to probably have posted next to our keyboards. Mm-hmm. Giving me the reference on that, that's Ephesians 4. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 3. Verse 3. Mm-hmm. We should all commit that to memory, Amazing Larry. That will be our memory verse this week. <laughs> well, and then in Philippians uh, chapter 2, verses 14 and 15, the same kind of admonition. Do all things without complaining and disputing. Okay, guys. (laughs) Darn it. (laughs) That you may become blameless and harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation. And that's worth it. I mean, certainly, we're looking at a crooked and perverse generation. There's no doubt about that. But these words, I, I, I love to look up words in the original languages. And yes, me too. words in, in Greek are wonderful. The word for blameless just simply means without fault. But the word for harmless really surprised me. It means unmixed. Okay. It, it means pure, unmixed. Okay. So don't let yourself get mixed up in the this tendency to argue and dispute and and cause dissension and divisiveness be harmless be unmixed and i've talked to quite a number of friends about these verses and you know, you kind of get the response, yeah, well, I know, but, you know, gosh, it's it's really hard, and, you know, that, well, I don't think that's what God is saying to us. He's not saying, oh, guys, you know, I know it's going to be tough, but give it a try, and, you know, <laughs> if you don't quite make it, it's, a, no, God is saying, my spirit dwells in you. This is who you are, and this crooked and perverse generation is going to look at you, and when they do, I don't want them to see another crooked and perverse individual. I want them to see me. That's what God is saying. I want them to see me. And the only way that's going to happen, if we surrender to him, we recognize his sovereignty. You know, you could have been born anytime, Jay, anytime. I could have been born anytime, but we weren't. We were handcrafted by the God of the universe to be alive right now right in this minute, which means he has a call on our lives to be what he 
needs and wants us to be for this generation. For right now. For right now. Right now. So he wants us to be a walking antidote to the poison of the pandemic by walking in love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Exactly. And he wants us to put off all of those things you listed in Ephesians. All of that malice, yes. all of that anger, all of that junk. I really like what you just said, and this is really going to stick with me. He says, we walk in the midst of a perverse and crooked generation. Why should we just present a spiritual side uh, version of that wicked and perverse generation? <laughs> exactly. Right there, that's the gold coin for today. I love that word, mix, because it brought a whole nother definition to me about being mixed up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what else have you found? There's another question out there that has to do with all of this, and that's the big question. What time is it? Okay, explain. What time is it, anyway? Is this the end times? Oh, oh okay, I see where Are not the end times? Are we really, really close to the end? Or some people think, no, these things really are the social issues or, you know, whatever, but it doesn't have anything to do with the end time scenario. Okay. And that's causing a lot of controversy within the believing community as oh, well. Been, as if we that, don't yeah. already have enough things to argue about, that's causing controversy as well. But I believe the answer there is the same as we've already discussed. It doesn't matter what time it is. It doesn't matter how close we are or how close we aren't. We are who we are. And that's who we need to be regardless of what's going on around us. Otherwise, we are allowing circumstances and we are allowing pressure from the outside and we are allowing that evil to infiltrate our lives. That isn't who God created us to be. Mm -hmm. He created us to be a living representation of the God of the universe. That's really powerful because Amazing Larry and I have gone through a series that we called Markers and Signs in our Friday Bible study. Mm. That there are certain markers along the way that we can look at as Christians that tell us, are we in the end or not? Have we passed this point? Have we not passed this point? And those are important. But I think equally important is what you just said. It doesn't matter the circumstance. If we are in the end, we are to be the same as if we weren't in the end. Mm -hmm. We are to be consistent. Exactly. Exactly. That's amazing. I got, you got anything else there to kind of close out our Bible study today? Well, just again, on this end times kind of a a focus, I was reading in 2 Timothy, Mm -hmm. because again, I, I was looking at this list of how people are feeling. So if you go to 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1, But know this, that in the last days perilous times will come. Men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, bolsters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power. That is just sort of a, a extra extrapolated from the list that I had earlier. It's really a lot of of what we're seeing. And it's looking at that that's causing so much frustration for a lot of our, but we look at that, we see that, okay, what do we do? We're living in these times of uncertainty. How do we deal with this? Well, Timothy already had the answer. Paul already told him before he told him all of these things that were going to happen. Because if you go back to chapter 2, 
He says, A servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but be gentle, gentle to all, able to teach, patient, in humility correcting those who are in opposition. The key word there being in humility. If God perhaps will grant them repentance. So we already have our answer, and it takes us right back to the fruit of the Spirit. Gentleness, kindness, patience, that loving expression of who God is, that someone can look at you and say, you know, I know you don't agree with me, but I can tell that you really care about me. That's what we want to hear. Wow. So amazing, Larry. What do you think? Well, I am just blown away. You know, you bring these guests in here, Truth Barista, and now I'm so convicted. I've been angry. I've been frustrated. I've been fearful. and, And Cheryl has brought really such a good word. Cheryl, I would like you to close our Bible study in prayer. And I want you to pray according to what you presented today. I will certainly do that. Thank you. Thank you. Father, we do bless you and praise you and thank you for who you are. We thank you that you are sovereign, and we want to recognize your sovereignty in our lives. You created us to be here at this moment, and your desire, Lord, is for us to just spill your love out all over everyone who is struggling, everyone who is dealing with all of these negative things and fear and anger and We have the antidote, and that antidote is your Holy Spirit living in us and empowering us, enabling us, if we will just let him, to live according to the fruit of the Spirit. So we cry out to you, Father. We thank you for your extravagant love that you have poured into us. We ask you, Father, to constantly tap us on the shoulder, whisper in our ear, smack us upside the head if we need it, that we will walk according to your spirit. We will constantly be aware of the fact that when people look at us and they know we're believers, we don't want them to see a reflection of the world. We want them to see a reflection of you. So we thank you, Father, for your goodness and your faithfulness, for your love for us and your devotion to us. And we ask, Father, that you would help us in every way, every day, in every word and every action and every response to walk worthy of the love that you have invested in each one of us. Bless you, Father. Amen and amen. Amen. Thank you. Appreciate it. (laughs) Thanks, Jay. This is The Truth Barista, your link to how God defines our day. In case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. (laughs) Yeah! This is Jay, your Truth Barista. Thanks for listening to The Truth Barista Podcast. 